It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, Redcasters, be sure to subscribe to our channel and ring the bell to be notified about our latest videos. Go Big Red. It's pro time, Nebraska. The Omaha Supernovas, your Major League Volleyball team, have exploded onto the scene with record crowds and a fan experience that is second to none. Witness world-class talent at the CHI Health Center in downtown Omaha. Have fun with family and friends and get to know this team and feel the energy they are bringing to Nebraska. Don't wait to be a part of history. Secure your single match tickets today at supernovas.com. That's supernovas.com. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I'm with Honky. Uh, Team Jack Gala is this Saturday, folks. Uh, if you can, uh, check it out. Get up, Go over there. Uh, they're going to have a lot of auction items up for bid to help raise some money to fight pediatric brain cancer. Very good cause. Thanks, Honk. Also with Boomer. Well, I'd just like to thank the people at the the Go Big Hoosier cast who are nice enough to you know not violate Big Ten protocol and let us uh, get our podcast off first tonight. <laughs> uh, that's right. And uh, last and least, Redcast Rob. On the road again. It's just so nice to win on the road again, going places that we've never, ever been. Oh, I just can't wait to win on the road again. Very nice, Rob. Beautiful there. Right? I mean, it's, it's You'll nice have a CD for sale at the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Only for 1995, but shipping it anyway. Broadcast uh, Rob, AM Gold. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Um, well, guys, we got a, a fun show tonight because we have a victory to talk about for Nebraska basketball on the road. We'll uh, get to that first. We also will talk a little um, uh, baseball, maybe a little softball, women's basketball, uh, football. You're right. There's college football playoff talk. Lots of stuff to get to. But um, obviously, Rob, the uh, the Fred Hoiberg uh, led Nebraska Cornhuskers finally got that elusive conference road victory. Well, how's it feel? Speaking of Fred Hoiberg, there, Dave, I really mm-hmm. do like your uh, Fred Hoiberg looking pullover. That yeah, you, um, yeah, he had white on tonight, but he has had this exact look. Yeah, on and I, I would say, and I'm guessing that you got that at Alumni Hall, which has two locations located in Lincoln one on P Street and the other on uh, out at uh. Oh, geez. Now I can't even remember the South Point Pavilions. Yeah, thank you. So uh, make sure you go out there and pick up all of your Fred Hoiberg basketball (laughs) apparel um, from them because they are a great sponsor of ours and they send us some really nice clothes. Um, Also, if you need some apparel of your own that you want to uh, bootleg or even just make for any occasion that you have out there, reach out to our friends uh, Shane and uh, Laura out at Smack and Smooch. You can find them on Twitter and all the other socials. And uh, you can also go to their Redcast store that they have, which will they will make you any Redcast apparel that you like. 
including the hat that I'm wearing and the hat that Honky is wearing. So um, they do not make the rancid T-shirt I'm wearing, but I went to the gym and where <laughs> um, where uh, I am undefeated this season during the second half of games, listening nice. to Kent Pavelka call the game. And he was on fire tonight. Let me just tell you, like, I mean, it was kind of like an awkward silence for the first half of the second half, if that makes sense. Sure, and, sure. And then as the Huskers kind of took the lead from like where, where Indiana got it down to three, which for the record, I don't think they ever led in this game. Um, yeah. All of a sudden Huskers were back up 14. Uh, they kind of cruised from that point on. Um, and it was a beautiful thing to watch. I'm not quite sure what the offensive strategy was, but I think kind of like the Huskers came out thinking it was in the bag and then all of a sudden Indiana started to try. Uh, it was it was a bit frustrating for sure, but I mean, when you're at the gym and you're like pulling weight, all of a sudden you're just kind of like just look, focusing on to, that and the, the sweet sounds of Kent Bavelka, bang, ah, <laughs> uh, rang, got him. Yeah, it was uh, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Well, uh, Honky, I mean, maybe uh, Smack and Smoosh could uh, print us up some uh, some T-shirts if we actually make the tournament, right? Like you know, like it's almost like we won national championship. It's like we just made the tournament or if we win the game right you know it'd be a nice nice effect but um it has to feel good to get this monkey off our backs right yeah absolutely uh i'm so happy for ken pavelka right now if there's anybody out there i mean that guy has been doing radio for us since the 80s <laughs> for cripes sakes he has seen if, if i ever feel down for myself as a fan like gosh i wish we'd win more for me i just think of kent and i'm like that dude he deserves this i hope he's enjoying every second of it uh, Boomer, can you put that last comment up from Ryan? Because I think that is a that was kind of where I was going to go with this. He says, hopefully this uh, this win gives us the confidence and momentum to build on and win out. The road win was the last thing holding them back. Uh, and then Lawrence coming out was huge development for this team. This mm -hmm. win was huge. This gets us two above 500 now in conference with four games left and two of them being at home where you almost by default, you just got to say that they're wins. You got to mark them off as a win. I know we got to do it. We got to go out and win it. The say, second I say that, everyone, especially on Facebook, is going to say one game at a time. I get it. But I'm just saying, when you, you, last four, you have to. Well, the next game's a game home game. game. So if, you, if you have to win that one. If we're talking so Facebook, you, they're just going to be like, we're not going to win any more games. <laughs> so you got to come back now and finish this up, beat, beat Minnesota. And now you're three games above 500. And if we just just go two and two just win the home games that means in these last five you go three and two you're going to finish the season with 21 wins you're going to finish it two above 500 in conference we finally got that elusive uh, away victory that you need and at some point i mean i think me personally i think that's enough now you need you get extra wins you go out and you beat ohio state or you beat michigan on top of that and i mean you can start to talk a little seeding which would actually be kind of fun to do it, it not just what is the minimum for us to get in the tournament? But what what can we do to maybe get a seven seed versus an eight nine? Because eight nine seed is it's great you're in there, but I'd I'd rather be a ten or eleven than an eight and a nine right now. Because you know you got to also start looking at what's down the road. I think we can beat a six seed or a seven seed if we were ten or eleven. Being the eight or nine, you're turning right around and playing a one seed if you if you can get that elusive win. So yeah, well, I mean. I'm not even going to worry about, about the second round, Honk. I, I am. I'm flat out. This well, team. I would this say team, this, sometimes the two seeds are, are, are not going to be easy either. Unless Arizona's in there, you know. But uh, <sighs> just kidding, Rob. I think Arizona's going to do fine this year. Uh, 
but you can yeah, look I mean, I guess anywhere between can, seven and ten. I would rather not be a six eleven. I guess you have a better shot. You have a better shot. We did to, at work. We did well. We were doing work, but then this got in the way. We started doing some stats on. You have a better shot of making it further in the in the tournament as a ten or eleven seed than as the worst seed is a nine. And eight seed is even worse than a 10 or yeah. 11 in terms yeah, yeah. of historically getting further. So yeah, my point fair. is, my point is, I don't want to limp into it as a 10 or 11 seed. What can you do to get up to about a seven? I think that's realistically, if we just flat out win out, win all five of these games, I think a seven seed is is realistic. If you do that kind of finish, we'll see what happens in the Big Ten tournament too. But the point is, get some momentum going. Every year, they said this year, or Dave, before we got on, you said that they – they don't use the the last 10 games, but crap, I hear it every year. They always talk about how did you do in your last 10? So have some momentum, finish this season strong the way they did last year. And, and uh, this will, you know, there can be some good things ahead. Yeah. Well, Boomer, uh, these guys are drinking the Kool-Aid. You want to bring this back, back down to earth? Well, it, it was good to get that road win. You know, that's been the one thing that's been eluding this team, you know, repeatedly all season, you know, just letting chances slip away and, you know, getting embarrassed in all of them. Um, the key is they do have to keep winning games. I mean, you know, that's, that's kind of been the one real weakness of this team is just when you think they've turned that corner and they finally get that huge win they've been looking for, that's when they slip up and you don't want to, you know, you're still, you know, when you're in that 10, 11 seed range, that's still enough depending on what other teams do, you know, cause you're not in isolation getting put into this, this whole bracket, you know, you got to worry about, you know, what are the other teams that are kind of on that bubble in that 10, 11 seed range, or, you know, there's going to be some bid stealers that come out of, you know, conference sure. tournaments. There always sure. are. So that's going to reshuffle some things too. So you got to be a little cautious there. So, you know, the team can't lose focus. They can't just, you know, coast now, like they kind of, I think they started to do the second half. They were, they felt, you know, safe for the 20 point lead and, you know, nothing should be safe for this team. You know, when, when you, when you look at it, just historically and just game wise, so you, you need to go out and finish strong, you know, don't give, you know, a committee, an excuse to leave you off, make it so they really don't have a choice, but to put you in there, you know, finish strong, get another road win, you know, don't lose any of those bad, you know, games at home and just, just finish out. So yeah. just kind of take that away from them. That, don't, don't, that's don't, what I think. A, don't leave it a coin toss. I think if you, if you finish three and one right now, basically, like I said, it's non-negotiable. You got to win your two home games. There's, you cannot lose those. Yeah. And, and then you, you even split between Ohio state and Michigan at some point, it gets to be too ridiculous to even be on the bubble anymore. If you have yeah. three, you win yeah. three out of these last Ooh. four, you're at 22 wins, you're four above 500 in conference. We've got quad one wins and everything. With that win tonight, which was a quad two win, we're seven and eight in the quad one and quad twos. It still drives me nuts when I look at the net rankings. I see some teams that are around us, Grand Canyon and McNeese, teams that are within five yeah. spots of us. And some of them, some of them haven't even played a quad one game. I'm like, what are we even doing? ranking this shit if that's what you're going to do if you're going to have these teams that close to each other if, if schedule and all that stuff means anything so um trust me i i'm not it's not a kool-aid thing right now if you were talking to me about an hour and a you know hour or so back as they went on you know picked up 17 points on us in eight minutes of the second half or nine minutes whatever it was like that's ridiculous i mean and i'm glad we were up 20 and everything but uh you know redcasters and husker fans out there i i get it if you were frustrated as heck watching that watching that slow demise, but what this team has shown and what I think will prove one of the reasons I think it can have some kind of staying power. If it gets into the tournament is that 
this isn't like a one trick pony like some of our teams have been where it's like one guy you're really relying on or one or two guys like who was who were the guys that stepped up tonight alec hits a big three of all things when it got down to three and made it six something he did against purdue when the game got down to one and purdue was getting some momentum on us uh lawrence comes out of nowhere and now we're getting multiple guys that are you know stepping up and, high for lawrence tonight. yeah i mean that's that's We've seen Casey at the beginning was hot, but Mast really didn't have a huge game today. But we know what he can do yep. when he goes off. So there's a bunch of yep. Williams. Yeah, Williams didn't have a big game. I think against Penn State, it was that where Williams only scored two points. So yeah, you know, different yeah. guys are stepping up in different games, and and hopefully that will prove well for us as we get into postseason play. Yep, Rob. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, okay, so we so we finished the second or finished the first half up twenty finished the game up 15 all right indiana went on a run good for them they never took the lead it happened the huskers the huskers stayed composed they took the lead back which is something that they haven't been able to do on the road all season they shot 50 percent from the field for all intents and purposes 49.2 percent they were 14 of 33 from three-point line 42 percent they were where that five points is. You want to make that up? Like we had guys that make free throws tonight. They were missing free throws. We were nine of 14 from the line. Counter on that. Yeah, missed two. Yeah, counter on that. The refs did everything they could to give this game to Indiana to at least let him back into it. They had 20 at one point, at one point uh, they had 24 free throws to our 14 total in the game. But at one point in the second half, Nebraska had seven fouls to their one. I'm not even sure how yeah. we even got into the double bonus. And so, I mean, at that point, my point is here is that, you know, you can look negatively about that one little span kind of hiccup, whatever we'll call it the third quarter of the game. If, if this was the NBA, that would have been the third quarter where Indiana made their run. Um, other than that, I mean, this team stayed composed yeah. on the road in a very hostile environment. It was loud on my headphones listening to the game on the radio, and usually it's not. It well, I would so. actually, Rob. What's that? I would say, I would say it was hostile. Yeah, it was hostile against their own team at times too. At Indiana times, fans, yeah, they were booing. Indiana yeah. fans are not happy right now, and 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 I understand it. There was yeah, just other- no way at some points. Like they, I mean, there was one point where Tominaga got hit in the nose driving the ball. Like literally, you could see him get punched in the face and no foul call. Yeah, I, I you know, what are I, you gonna do? I agree. Outside of that little seventeen point hiccup uh, that we, you know, that it, was it a, happens though. I mean, seventeen it, is a lot. I agree, but I mean, you could argue well, that. You can yeah. watch Penn State the game before against Illinois, right? Lot, in the last yeah, minute. So, yeah, yeah. Th- crazy yeah. things can happen. The 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 free throw discrepancy was a little different, but uh, thank God out of the twenty four that they had, I think Ware shot twenty two of them. Thank goodness, you know, <laughs> keep shooting. Ware. He, they, he he missed like ten. He was like three of ten from the free throw line. Yeah. Like, get his hack hack aware. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. yeah. Is yep. this two shows yeah. in a row? We're on the same page. This is weird. Yeah. I mean, it, it just. I mean, again, I mentioned right before the show, I mean, like I expected Indiana to close that uh, 20-point lead down potentially in the single digits, right? You know, sure. and they, they took it down to three. That's That was a little little tighter than what I would have liked. But Never a doubt. I mean, you, you, you knew they were going to come out with some different game plan. They, they stopped shooting threes at completely. I was concerned in the, the back half of the – or the first half actually where they started getting where the ball more and you know mass got a got a second foul and uh, they were doing some stuff there and then then we were able to make a run right at the end of the first half to break it out from a, a 12 to 14 all the way out to 20 
And so that, that lead was a little bit, bit false in the sense that it, it wasn't like it was 20 points the entire first half. It was just the last few minutes. So we made a nice little run to end the first. Um, their run to begin the second was, was, was bigger and more substantial. But ultimately, it's difficult to sustain that, especially if, if we have a team that stayed composed. And, you know, Fred said in his post, uh, post-game post interview on the court is like, hey, they got us down to three. And he in that during that timeout, he's like, guys, if I told you we were up by three with 12 minutes to go, you would take that, right? And they're like, absolutely. All right, let's just go ahead and play the game then. Let's not worry about what we lost yep. or didn't lose. Just just go out and play the game. And sure enough, they, they turned it around quite quickly. Yeah. And – Look, basketball is a game of runs. Anyone that watched UConn against Creighton last night, Creighton was up twenty with eight or yep. ten minutes left. And the, what did the UConn coach say in the in the uh, the huddle? He goes, "Guys, at the at the four minute, let's get it to ten. Can we get it to ten? And they got yep. it to ten by the six minute. I mean, that's how quickly they yep. got it to ten. Yep. But to your point, before we were even on too, Dave, you talked about how how much that takes out of a team to have to make up that kind of. Uh, you know, that kind of a, a yep. deficit. So it takes a lot out of you to get those 10 points back or those 17 points back. And sometimes it's, it's a dagger just to have one three or one big shot against you made. And now it's now that lead one starts looking you, right. If you can't keep the yep. momentum going, time starts to tick then all of a sudden. And yeah, it's uh, just always a challenge. So, so good win, guys. Good win. Yeah, and and, yes. and and you know what, too? I mean, I'm going to counter Boomer's whole, like, you know, doomsday, try to win the end of the, the season, et cetera. But the Huskers finish out the season 4-0. They're 23-8. and They win the Big Ten tournament. They're 26-8. and Right. I'm reading. I'm I'll, reading. I allow it. Allow I'm, it. I'm, I'm, I'm reading James. Is it pronounced Prush? Prush? Um, he's a uh, writer for Husker Corner, I believe it is, and he's become one of my favorite followers on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. Twenty six and eight, Huskers are a three seed. There you go. Is it? Isn't that twenty twenty six and eight? That was uh, the ninety one team, right? Huh? Ninety one. Weren't they twenty six? Yeah. As long as we don't play Xavier, yeah, that's Yeah, but if we don't have Xavier or play any other teams that start with X in the first round, I think we're fine. Yeah, I mean. There's so many possibilities still. I mean, this season it, it, we get the double buy in the Big Ten tournament, and then win three games in a row, and you're champions, Big Ten champs. Does that ever happen? No. I, so I, let's I'm let's gonna, do it. I'm going to be the, the 90, 95 Big Eight. Uh, is that right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Go ahead, I mean, I, Rob. I'm going to be the Facebook guy now. Just worry. Just beat Minnesota, okay? Just beat hey, Minnesota. Yeah. No, Minnesota's well, playing playing better actually, quite for, a bit. For the record, Honky, you're the one that said that chalk up the two games at home as wins. I just want to be clear. Yeah, I just, I, that. yeah and I, I'm also trying to get us in the second round of, of the tournament. I get it, but I, to your I point, Dave, yes, I, Minnesota, Minnesota is playing a lot different basketball than they were the first yeah, time. Payne is playing really well. Or they they're wait they were picked to finish last in the Big Ten. They're not playing like the 14th team in the Big Ten. Um, just like we're not playing as the 11th or 12th or whatever we were picked, right? So, like, mm-hmm. yeah, you have to take that game very seriously. Uh, Minnesota is a, a net of 76 right now. That, I mean, they have a real shot to uh, get in into a quad one-type territory there uh, for that road loss that we had. It wouldn't be a, a quad one at home against them. But point is that they're uh, not as, nearly as bad as we probably thought we uh, perceived them to be when we lost to them early this year. Uh, or early this season. So, uh, hey, let's boom, figure boom. it out. 
boomer show that uh, show that one from tyler there too so tyler pearson he's been on the show before he's he's a great fan of the huskers great supporter of him um he's helped support basketball and he got a really cool well he went to the maryland game i think uh, with the leadership society and then he sent me photos the other day texted me photos he got a basketball signed by uh hoiberg and the and the team and everything he has in his office really cool stuff husker fans redcasters you know if you can support the the Anyone that can, can go out there and do the Husker Leadership Society, do it. It is so worth it. Um, I'm not part of it, but I do want you to spend your money if you if you can be a part of it. But it is it goes a long ways. And, and I'll tell you, Tyler would be the biggest salesperson for it. Um, and uh, it's it's exciting. I've seen some photos too that they he's got to go to practice and like bring his kid and they take photos with him. I mean, it's it's been really fun to watch. So it's a fun team to get behind. It really is. I know it's maddening, and I say that as I'm pointing the thumb at myself. Uh, you, you'll notice tonight, Dave. I didn't. I wasn't texting or anything. No, I'm no, staying, no, I'm staying off the, because basketball is just. It's tough for me to watch. It's too. I know quick. it is. I it's one you. moment high, one moment low, and that's really hard for me to 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 do. But I'll tell you, watching actually one of the what was the game? It was um the Penn State game. I I missed like the first half of it, so I came back and rewatched it afterwards when it was done. I already knew what the final was and everything. Yeah, yeah. And rewatching it where I already knew what the score was going to be was awesome because then <laughs> I was like, yeah, I know we won it, so now I'm I'm going to watch it without all the the crazy ups and downs. Same thing with um the women's game actually against Iowa. Oh, Alex yeah. had a basketball game and I and I didn't get to watch it at all. I DVR'd it and I got to see that we won the game and I'm like, Oh, I'm just going to rewatch the fourth quarter after everyone told me what happened. I was like, I'm just going to watch the fourth quarter with absolutely yeah. no, no fear, no pit in the stomach or anything. It was just like, I know we're going to win it. And that was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was a great, great win for uh, Amy Williams and that team. And uh, very cool to keep Caitlin Clark from uh, breaking the record on who our home court. It was awesome boomer that it was on fox right i mean this was like a national broadcast great exposure for the program in women's basketball in general and uh let caitlin break it against someone else right yeah yeah i mean that like you said dave i, I can't remember how many what million some odd people they said to yeah it was like the most game. watched women's basketball yeah. game at least regular season of all time i think or something like that. yeah yeah, yeah I, I think it was a 1.7 million or something like that maybe i yeah. think i read but yeah it was a great number and it's good to see people you know tuning in for it uh, and yes that's what you want to see if you're gonna have everybody watching it i mean as much as they talk about caitlin clark every last second of every game she's in it, it's mm-hmm. fun to you know see it go down in flames like that in that fourth quarter especially <laughs> where she got you know zero points you know because i always just think of like the the caitlin clark breakfast cereal you see you know good for the you know good for a good for three-fourths of breakfast anyway and then it, then it you know, turns to soggy but uh, she was stuck at like eight to go for the record for a long time yeah yeah well she she scored no points in that fourth quarter so i mean they yeah, it's yeah. it's you know and there's some conspiracy with the iowa fans that that was their the, the coach's intent so she could break the record at home, uh, you know, because they oh, did sure. kind of look a little sure. discombobulated. Uh, the, their offense seemed to run a little differently. But granted, you know, we switched to a different defense in that fourth quarter, and that seemed to throw mm-hmm. Iowa, you know, completely mm-hmm. off their game. I don't think they planned for anything, and then just kind of kind of let that fall apart. And boy, that was fun to watch. So, yeah, and Iowa coach Elisa Bluter, I believe that's how you say her last name, was very composed afterwards. Um. <laughs> yes, yeah. I mean, she was worried that the that their chartered plane would leave without them for that 30 minute flight back to, you know, Iowa city. Like Caitlin and pace for probably. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think she needed an old fashioned just to calm down Uh boomer uh, generation red. Uh, 
Ken's asking, is that an old fashioned you're drinking? Uh, no, no. Tonight this is just one? a diplomat. It's a lot lighter of a cocktail for for the for the weekday. So oh, well, you're not I took a different approach to Lent this year. So nice. Nice. Well, that's fair. What's Lent? Mm-hmm. Eh, we'll talk <laughs> about it after the show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys. It, basketball-wise, obviously, um, we're going to be watching this closely. It's an interesting schedule going forward. Here we have Minnesota on Sunday, and then we have at Ohio State next Thursday, and then we have two Sunday games to follow up. So there's only four games left here: uh, Sunday, March third, Rutgers, and then the tenth of uh, March is at Michigan. So. Um, it's definitely a, a lot. Not only is it uh, easier opponents, there's more time off here, right? We finally had a week off before that Michigan game. We get another one here before the last Michigan game. Uh, this team should be ready, rested, and ready to go to try to get as many W's on the on the tally sheet as possible before the Big Ten tournament. Um, and in I, I I do hope that you know uh, at this point wins um, will start to take us off the bubble we, we entitled the show life on the bubble maybe if we can win a few more of these here honk to your point we can stop worrying about the bubble and start thinking about about seating only seating. when the selection Sunday gets here i still don't understand the bubble talk but that's okay i you know yeah i i, I, I hear you rob i i i mean every year the bubble is a different size and shape right yeah. um sometimes it's deeper sometimes it's wider and and sometimes uh, it has a lot more teams in it, right? And sometimes, a good witch, and sometimes a good witch comes down in it. I don't. Well, I mean, I guess my point is, typically speaking, from my perspective, when I think of the bubble, I think of really the last eight in and the last eight out. And I don't I, think my bubble is. I don't think Nebraska maybe twelve to, to sixteen teams. And um, for big portions of the year, we, we have not necessarily been the last eight in. Now, I'd say after we had 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 um, you know lost Illinois there and, and before the last couple of victories, we were definitely in that last eight in, but now we're creeping back out of it. Right. I think we could get squarely out of it with a couple more wins and we don't I, need to worry about that. Anymore. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess I just, I, at I would rather point, be on this. We're on the right side of the bubble. I mean, almost yeah. every, you look at yeah. bracket matrix. I think we're on the oh. outside. I think we're on the outside of the bubble. I think but, the right, on the we'll right check Lunardi tomorrow and, we were in the lat. We were in the the last four in a couple days ago, and I think maybe before the Penn State win. Win that. Now we got into that uh, the the second four in. You know, like the the better off. And I think we were the second team in that as of today. We might tonight's win might be enough to get us off of that, and then we're not in even that last eight. So, so how accurate you know, is what, what I think? Anyway? Like that's What's what that I want to So there's like he's ninety good. something things I know, but he's kind of like he's good, but he's kind of like middle he, good. I'm just trying to be right. consistent following good. one. I'm just that's trying fair. to follow one, trying that's instead fair. of trying to follow thirty different metrics. I'm following the net and I am following Lunari, those two, and just staying consistent and watching what happens as something wins or loses and do we see big shifts and everything. The net we've been sticking around the lower fifties, and then the last couple of days we've gotten into the high forties. So forty seven, where are we tomorrow with that? Um, I, I think that we're in pretty good shape. I'm curious, you know, the vermin across the, the river to the east, Iowa, they start sneaking up here. They get a huge win yesterday they at Michigan State, and they start to f- kind of get themselves into bubble talk. But also, I think Michigan State is trending in the opposite direction. I don't know when the last time Hamizo hasn't gone, 
And I know they have a high net ranking right now, but they're not going in the right direction losing these games. So, you know, I don't know how many total the Big Ten is going to get in if it's six. But um, I think we definitely – I think this is a six-bid league. I mean, Michigan State – I'm looking at I, – I do like bracket matrix because to your yep. point, Honky, I, I simply – I want to have like – it's an index, right? I mean, it's like, like the Dow Jones or NASDAQ. It's simply taking all of these different uh, bracket projections. They have 108 now on here, right? And they're just averaging everything out. All it is, right? Michigan State's a seven. I mean, yeah. they're – they're not on the bubble, um, and and they would have to be pretty disastrous for them to get on the bubble. We're we're before this game was at a, a ten, and in a, and we're in a hundred and six of the hundred eight uh, projections, averaging a ten point three nine seeding. Um, so, safely into the tournament right it's now. Crazy that, it's crazy that it's crazy. We're two, ten three, four, and five. Michigan State's a seven. When that's that's the BS of it. Like there is a point where. Metri- metrics be damn like i look at michigan state right now it's 17 and 10 and we you know they've we've been we beat them that they, they are nine and seven they're tied with us in in conference they they had some some bad losses along the way too they had a great win against baylor um they had a, they lost to what james madison or whoever it was to begin the season but first year the, the point yeah, is james the, the, pretty good the idea that they are just simply not on the bubble which i'm not i'm not debating you on that by the way dave either they probably are listed as a seven seed right now, but I think it's completely fair for fans to sit there and go, why? Other than it's Michigan state and it's Izzo, you know, if this is about this season, what has Michigan state done that completely takes, you know, any of that, that out question, by the way, when they lost Iowa at home yesterday, that's a home loss and that's, that's bad, you know, and, and here we are sitting at undefeated at home and and now hopefully going to rack up a couple of away ones. But yeah, I think a lot of it's just, they, they lost a good, non-con teams they lost to what james madison yep. so, played pretty so, well they lost to duke they lost to arizona and i think they played it was a baylor i think they actually beat they beat baylor badly right after they played yeah. us i think out. that's what yep. so accounting for that difference you let's know, let's let's talk that, about this you know. too the the four remaining teams we got minnesota rutgers ohio state and michigan and I mean, we get past Minnesota this weekend, and those last three teams, I mean, how much are they? do you think they're going to check out for the season? I mean, those are like bottom feeders of the Big Ten right now. I mean, you know, it's well, like – that NIT seating becomes important for them. Well, I don't even – they won't even – they're not even <laughs> NIT consideration. These yeah. guys are like – I mean, I, I hear terrible. you, Rob. I mean, I don't yeah. want to take any risks on that, you know. No, but you're, but – You're right. There could be a chance that we do actually have a couple of – I mean, Michigan's um, like missing like one of their best players right now. They're 8-18. Eight and 18. Only on the road. He's at their home game, so he'll yeah. likely be here. All right. But That's cannot – but, yeah, no, I, I get it. But I, I just don't want to risk that. But, I mean, I, I – the uh, the net is a a predictive in some ways a predictive ranking I guess opposed to um, always reflecting on on your uh, your accomplishments. I sent you sent you guys an interesting uh, breakdown of of the net and and all the things the committee looks at a few days ago. Strength of record is one that apparently is is far far better at actually predicting the field than net. Um, right. I mean, Rutgers has made made the tournament with a 77 net hockey and didn't make a tournament with a 40 net. Right. So net is not very good at predicting who actually makes the tournament. Um, so there, the point of, of, of that is, is there's other metrics out there that might be worth following. Michigan State 
has a strength of record of 40, right? So um, it, their net's good. I mean, that, that that's no doubt about it. But I guess my my point there is, is that I you can you can narrow your your bubble watch to Joe Lenardi in the net, but it probably isn't serving your your purpose of really understanding who's going to make it the tournament or not. Yeah, wow. it's it's clear as day watching Michigan State and Wisconsin over the last few weeks. They're pretty cemented where they're at, no matter what yeah, happens. Once you right get, now, get in, they, really they've been losing. And, they've been losing and losing and losing and just staying right around twenty to twenty four, yeah. and and it yeah. just hasn't mattered. So, I mean, it, it is what it is. Whatever, we win games, we're, we're going to be fine. So, yep, That's right. we're doing fine in the honk palm. The honk palm, we're like number seventeen right now. So. Yeah, the, honk, the, honk, the honk palm is my favorite ranking system and in case any of you don't know that that's um honky's ranking system which is actually a very complicated mathematical formula that includes a lot of him basically telling us exactly what he thinks and <laughs> I, only I one team is actually that. ranked in the honk palm it's just nebraska, it's just it nebraska is. Number <laughs> <around>. <laughs> exactly. we were we were number eight in the honk palm at halftime tonight and then we dropped when it got down to three points we dropped all the way to 72 but then by the end of the game we were back into like the teens so the point is the honk yeah. palm's very you know this is a well, this is a bad it's an emotional like really. this is a this is a bad adjustable rate mortgage you're getting if you're if you're following <laughs> the honk palm man you are way up and down from from not just month to month so, from minute to minute okay so enough of this like projection crap we're, we're done with that we could talk about this all night <laughs> My favorite part of the game tonight, listening on the radio, was when Williams just like n- blocked that shot at the end of the game, right? Like, oh, yeah. Just oh, basically, right. just basically said like, "F you, Indiana, you're not winning this game." Yeah. And Pavelka shot blocked, shot blocked, shot blocked. He grabbed that out of the air like it was a piece of gum. Like it was just the most beautiful thing in the world. Like listening to it, I just retweeted a it piece too. Of and gum. A piece of a wad of gum. I take a that back. I said a gum, wad man. of gum. Yeah, like, oh, and man. and it's not is, what you it, normally grab out of the air. And I just I like and, and and for anybody listening a right balloon. now, I just I just retweeted like the actual like uh, video of that play sequence too when he's screaming that, and you can just hear the Indiana crowd going like, ooh, <laughs> like on that block. And he even compared him at one point to Dikembe Mutombo. Well, so, sure, Bryce yeah. Williams oh, Dikembe Mutombo. I love exactly right. Yeah, I just uh, that's awesome. Uh, well, it was so Dave. Good. I don't know if this is a segue to football, but uh, TriStar out of out of the blue here. Tom Osborne is better than Nick Saban. I don't disagree. I'm fine with that. Yeah, um, but there's your football. <laughs> before, we, before we get to football, um, uh, and uh, yeah, he's got it's got a Tennessee. All right, yeah, yeah, awesome. All right, TriStar. We're huge in Nashville, Dave. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit of baseball because the SEC land loves loves baseball, and Tennessee has a good baseball program. Um, and uh, Nebraska baseball uh, did win their first game of the year, uh, honk, uh, Boomer, with uh, a, a victory over Baylor, and had two additional victories slip out of their hands to Texas Tech and Oklahoma. Uh, but not a not a horrible start to the year, but it could have been a lot better. Yeah. That's basically the takeaway from it. You know, it was that was a tough opening. <laughs> That's right. Stage. Oh. Yeah. I mean, you got I Baylor. Think to, back I think Oklahoma. to quote my wife at the end yeah. of both the of listening to the Oklahoma game, we were in the car driving home from uh, our trip to Glenwood this weekend, and we're listening to the game in the car and. Oklahoma took the lead, and then you know, in or yeah. took the took the lead, and she goes, 
oh, that's not good, is it? <laughs> like, yeah. She goes, they were yeah. doing so good up until then. That's that's not so, good. So is it's, it? <laughs> it's too early to be negative. It is. I, I, so I'll, I'll say that it the starting pitching was probably our, maybe our biggest concern, and they actually pitched better than expected. So um, well, those boys pitched so concerned well. Concerned with the with the back end and not finishing yes. in the ninth. Um, lost opportunities there to really put them in in a great shape with the non conference. SOS, but um, uh, we'll, we'll see where it goes. But I think a promising start and the one they need to capitalize on going forward. Yeah, and mm-hmm. the kid, I can't remember his name, but the kid that they put in is the closer too. I mean, he'll get his confidence. They've been putting him in some like tough situations in practice and in, in simulated games and things like that coming in and pitching. And, you know, he'll get it. I think his biggest issue is going to be trusting his defense behind him and just giving the giving the other team pitches that they can put into play, you know. Plus the ump on, on and the ump, the Oklahoma, the ump on that game was calling a very tight plate the entire game both ways so i'm not saying that you know mm-hmm. what i mean but it and and for a lot of these college kids too i mean they're not going to have major league control on their pitches and when they're calling like you know really tight strike zones like that it, it, it does make it a lot harder especially when you're working with a new coach these kids are probably still working on a lot of their um you know new motions things like that yeah. new pitches maybe in there it's so early yeah in the i mean season, it's the first you know it's so early the first in the season weekend. so yeah. i'm, I'm making good game. excuses i think so, so way, to go know? back to you know we talked about tennessee for a second i think it was the night before we played oklahoma oklahoma played tennessee late into the night and beat them like it oh, like wow. at one in the one in the morning and what i thought was funny or humorous at least a little bit was uh the next day on sunday when we were playing oklahoma and we were up, we were already getting some of the excuses I was seeing on social media of people like, you know, Sooner fans or whatever. Oh, they're, they're tired. They played late the last night. And I'm like, you SOBs, any Southern team that wants to give a Northern team an excuse early in the season, I don't care if you play till four in the morning. You are from Oklahoma. You are supposed to beat Nebraska in February playing baseball. You just flat out are. And that's not an excuse for for a collapse at the end with our pitching. They've got to get that fixed. I mean, that's that's – you know, Ron, I think Childress understands that. Uh, I think yep. he's a decent pitching coach there. But it, it, so. the idea that I still – it still drives me nuts, and we have this conversation every year. Why are we playing baseball right now? This is just stupid. Yeah. We should be yeah, pushing this stuff this back a month. And, but that's – I'm going to hijack the conversation if I still go that down that far. But it's it's one weekend, and and start getting some wins this weekend is going to be uh, – is going to be important. They need some early confidence, yeah. I think, coming off of that. Boomer, who do they have up on the, the schedule next? It's Grand Canyon, isn't it? Grand Canyon. we got a four games oh, against them. And four then, games. Uh, College of Charleston after that, I think. Okay. So, All right. And then South Alabama starts the home slate at Hawks Field in March 8th, I think it is. Somewhere around the okay. Friday. Sounds right. All right. March 8th. Boom. So, yeah, time for winnable games. I think uh, our current RPI in baseball is 135th. So those of you interested in metrics, I mean, granted that is a <laughs> completely useless metric at this point in the season, but uh, anything more worth, worthless than RPI yep. this early in the season. You Did anyone pay attention up. to other big 10 teams last weekend uh, in uh, baseball? Iowa is like three and one right now. I think I, I don't recall who they played, but I was ranked actually. So Somebody yeah. beat us. Then I think they played USC. Somebody, somebody, if it was Indiana, yeah, they played or Iowa. Uh, Seton Hall, Ball State, and Lehigh. 
and yeah, who did Indiana? Who did Indiana play last week? And I think yeah, somebody played USC. Year. That was a that was a Big Ten team, and, and they actually won. And even that get, even that's the conversation of, of next year, adding oh, yeah. the USC's and the UCLA's and everything into the mix. Oregon, who was down yeah. there in in mm-hmm. uh, Texas last weekend at that tournament. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a big change, no doubt about it. Um, and all right, well, three and one as well. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, just really quickly here, uh, softball honky, uh, difficult uh, uh, injury to Jordy Ball there. Um, I mean, hopefully full recovery and we get to see her next year, obviously. Uh, but uh, a difficult um, loss there by softball. But they have bounced back and, and are looking okay, right? Yeah, that's. I think someone was like the player of the week even uh, coming off of last week. And Boomer, did you – I don't know if you looked that up or not, but like the – you know, they prior to the season, obviously with Jordy Ball, um, with her, the idea of her being healthy is that they they went in. They they've been renovating uh, Bowling Stadium. They've they've added some uh, extra seating and everything for it. And if there's ever a team that needs that support right now, because they it hasn't just been Jordy Ball. They've hit the injury yeah. bug immediately. Um, you know, Redcasters. That is a team to go out and support this season, just because they need it more than anything. But to your point there, Dave, it happened so early in the season that she basically came out right away and said, I'm, you know, I'm coming back. I'm redshirting. She hasn't yeah. done that. So she's going to redshirt. And then the idea is that we'd have her so for two more years. seasons after that. Yep. So, yeah, um, we're going to catch one. Dead, we're going to so catch that game on Saturday, right? Honky for the uh, maybe even Friday afternoon, like when I come out for the spring game, it, right? It could be spring game weekend. There's a baseball and softball game. Who was yeah. it, Boomer? You said uh, Sydney Gray. Yep. She was the and she was, player of the week. Yeah. She had a, Good series against New Mexico. She went five of sixteen with three homers and ten RBIs. And you know, bats were definitely lacking at the, at the start of the season too. Not only with injury, they just they weren't scoring any runs, and they, they were able to turn that around finally. So that's that was huge. So yep, kind of turned the yep. season a little bit there. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep, well deserved. So that's right. Hard to score down in Puerto Vallarta, I guess. And, well, yeah. <laughs> It's well, and, and actually, Andy Liss, he uh, he said Glad Ball is at least in her home state to recover. Yeah. That was a leg- legitimate concern they were talking about. That was when she had that injury down there in Mexico. Is like yeah. I don't know exactly what her, what kind of medical help they were able to do first. So they were, yeah. you know, happy to get Poor her back. Arts, uh, is is pretty much like you know, I mean, it's 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 pretty. It's not like Cabo, but it's not far off. So I think they were probably okay. But yeah, they were um, fine. Yeah, yeah, it's good mm-hmm. stuff down there. Um, yeah, plus they right, now plus they bring all these their own staff and trainers and you know these guys are trained professionals you know sure, for, the, no, for these college no, teams so yeah that's no question about no, how Nebraska was was uh, yeah taking care yeah. of her certainly all right guys let uh, let's go ahead and put on our scarlet colored glasses and finish the show off with a little football talk and um, let's. Uh, Let's throw it to you, Boomer. And uh, what do you want to? We've got a couple of topics we're going to tackle. You want to go big picture or uh-huh. tackle? <laughs> That's right. Uh, fire away, Boomer. Oh, geez. Uh, where do you guys want to start? There's, you know, playoff talk. There's scheduling talk. I mean, there's all sorts of good things that. Well, let's let's talk w- with. Um, I'm going to tell you what. Let, let's let me. I'll reverse this. We're, we're we're going on the fly here, Honky. Let's talk a little bit just. Um, where Nebraska is at before they get to spring ball, and then we will go to playoff talk and then schedule it. So, I like it. Um, just in general, honky. Obviously, Matt drills have started, 
Uh, what are you hearing from all of that? And when do they actually start uh, spring ball? Yeah, I was reading the the three and out today. Brian Munson on Husker Online. He he referenced a, a lot of the freshman class and and newcomers that were coming in there. The two uh, transfer receivers, uh, Banks and Near. They've been you know leaders in a lot of the the metrics and everything, and been mentioned a number of times by by Coach Rule. But within the freshman class, it's the guys you'd kind of expect. Both uh, quarterbacks were getting talked about in the in the the mat drills and the weightlifting so far as being leaders, Rayola and Kalen. So, uh, you know, I we'll see here in a in a couple of weeks. I'm yep. sure we'll start to get a lot more as spring ball gets started. Uh, spring ball will start mid March, and then uh, right in the middle of Mar- of spring ball, that's when they'll have the the coaches clinic, which uh, we used to go to all the time. I don't even know if it's available for people that aren't coaching right now which is what we did for a number of years i'm not i haven't even tried to to mm-hmm. to get into one now since 2019 but um uh but this year they just announced that belichick's going to be at it so bill oh, belichick awesome. which, wow it's, yeah it's the second time that he came here and i forgot i was like i was like he didn't come here before and it was 2012 <laughs> which i think dave was the it would have been your wedding, but it wasn't your wedding. It was the, I think it was the bachelor party. There was a reason I oh, didn't yeah. go to a, uh-huh. a coach's clinic one of those years. And it was, I think we were doing something right, surrounding right. that. 2012 so would have been the right year. Yeah. Yeah. So the year I didn't go was when Belichick was there, which I don't really care to be honest with you. <laughs> didn't, you know, I, I don't go there for whoever the, the keynote speaker is. It was always a see, watch practices and listen to, to our coaches, but Anyways, um, that's a great get though from Rule. I mean, obviously that's yeah. awesome to get him in there and and bring some notoriety there. And uh, so, so excited to see spring ball get started. I don't know, kind of rambling there with that, but excited to see it get started. We're at 101 scholarships was the last I've seen. So there's there's some work to be done here this semester. You're going to see some numbers drop off after spring ball, but um, I like where the roster is at right now. You know, going through mat mat drills and everything. Yeah. No. Absolutely. All right. Well, um, and, and when does the actual spring practice start then, Hawk? I think it's in a couple of weeks. To, I, I don't have the exact in date from here. It'll start in March. I think it was Hawaii that just had their spring game. So, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, there is well, already international dateline or something, you know, so <laughs> confusing. Just different time zones. Yeah. It's yeah. just just bizarre out there. But it's um, April there. Yeah. Yeah. And. <laughs> And I know uh, the, the Husker account sent out, on Twitter at least sent out some photos today again from weightlifting and all that. I was taking a uh, a walk around the the stadium complex today, and that weight room you can start to see inside it now. I can start to see through the through the windows and everything. They got the lights on in there, some of the neon. There's a big uh, wall thing that it says Nebraska and has a guy on it, and there's you know some some uh, something there. I, it's it's gonna look it's gonna look nice. Um, I don't know if they're in there yet actually doing anything, but uh, it looks pretty ready from the eye, from the outside at least. Yeah, that's awesome. All March right, cool. 24th is when uh, practice starts, it says, according to this. March, so, March, yeah, March 24th. 24th. And then, yeah, and I like then it, Hockey, you're, you're walking around the weight room, you're crunching, you know, like tournament results for for years. That's good. Good. I like that. So, yeah, well, multitasking, doing the same, doing it at the same time. That's so, good. you know, like oh, yeah. walking, yeah. crunching yeah. numbers. Yeah. And, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Uh, all right. Well, uh, more recently in the news, uh, we have some modifications to the college football playoff format, uh, which may have implications uh, down the road. Uh, Boomer, it looks like they've gone from a, a six plus six model, which would have been the six uh, um, top uh, 
conference champions and six at-larges to a five-plus-seven model. Uh, this is a response to the Pac-12 going poof. Um, and so now it's kind of the power four plus the top group of five conference, I guess. Yeah, do my I guess I'll call it right. that. So, yeah, so, uh, yeah what, what do you think of this and how is it? Um, well, uh, you, like you said, it was probably inevitable when it comes to, you know, the Pac-12, you know, just completely shooting itself in the, well, I wouldn't even say the foot. They just shot themselves repeatedly in the chest over the last couple of years and, you know, dissolved. Uh, you know, it was going to be hard to, to maintain that. And I think, and I think you kind of see this already, you know, because there's even talk today about how they're already looking past this first couple seasons of the college football playoff. And they were looking at, do we go to a 14 team playoff? And there was talk of uh, that, especially like the big 10 and the sec were pushing for, you know, multiple automatic qualifiers for conferences, like as many as four, you know, is kind oh, of wow. things going around. So I think that was probably inevitable with this, especially once the Pac-12 went away, that your big power conferences weren't going to guarantee another slot for what would now be a group of five, you know, conference with if you'd stuck to the six and six model. Right. So this way you're ensuring another, I mean, in all honesty, it's going to be another power five school taking that that slot. You know, that, what, so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, highly likely. Well, this model, too, I saw somebody comment on it, and I was thinking about it, too, is that, okay, so you got the four – one through four is going to be probably the top four teams from the top four conferences, right? What yeah, if Notre, theoretically what, it could happen? Well, so, this, so what know? if no? What if Notre Dame's the number one team in the country? Like they, they're five. they cannot, they, they cannot be higher get, than the yeah, fifth seed. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They can't be higher than a fifth seed, and that's yeah. hilarious to me. I, I mean, yeah. they, they do get a small advantage. They don't have a conference title game that they'll have to play. So exactly, they play one less game, and and I no, I agree. On, I don't yeah. disagree with it. I find it hilarious because that's a. They're, they're, those are, that's probably one of the most arrogant fan bases that you will see out it, there and anywhere. It, and, and Jack Swarbrick is, is the AD has been right there the whole time. I mean, yeah. so they've accepted this, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and that's what they want right now. Yeah. He's voted for it and he was, they were make your, make your bed and lie in it. Even if it's going to, as, as, as a five yeah. seed to your point, Rob, they get a home game in South Bend against a, a probably the group of five team right i mean yeah so probably yeah the most likely it's going to be hard for them to stay independent period because as we look forward i mean like the acc this is this is fairly starting to to lay itself out pretty nicely the acc we we if this was the discussion two years ago when when ucla and and usc announced that they were leaving we immediately started talking about the p4 right i mean the pac-12 is going to blow up how do they withstand that well, now the next discussion is it, we're we're really talking about the P three here in a couple of years. I mean, even just today, there was it's rumors, but it's rumors that Virginia Tech and and North Carolina State are trying to get into the Big Twelve. Why? Because they weren't approved by the the SEC and the Big Ten. I don't know. I mean, again, some of this is rumors, but it also isn't that far fetched to think that those two schools, like other ACC schools, are looking out looking outward, and mm-hmm. it wouldn't blow your mind to hear the SEC and the Big Ten go, nah. In fact, I mean, if you just named off the top of your head, name two teams, Dave, that are going to go to the Big Ten from the ACC. Who, who are the two teams right away? Uh, I'll say North Carolina and Virginia. Yep. That, that's, and Notre Dame, if it, if it happens, but I think you're right. If you said name two ACC teams that are going to the SEC, right off the bat, who would you say? Uh, Florida State and Clemson. 
There you go. Although I, I mean, I'm iffy on both of those, but I mean, they, they, yeah, the profile. Sure they would, but, yep. yeah. There's arguments. I, I don't know if Florida or or South Carolina like to either one of those, but yeah. Yeah, and there's you know I've heard people say Florida State will go ACC. The point is, no one's arguing that that's that that isn't going to happen. That it, those things are going to happen. The ACC is yeah, going to blow up. So yeah. then, then you get to a point where you have three mega conferences, and if you're Notre Dame and you want to fight this. Eventually, not only is it hard for you to get into the playoff, at least be a top four seed, they're going to make the playoff rules where where they're not advantageous to you. But the next thing is good luck scheduling. I mean, you've got yeah. a sweet deal yeah. right now at the ACC where you can just play kind of in a conference, but not play in a conference. We're going to get to a point where, you know, one of the discussions we're having is non-conference scheduling. We really got to look at football as not being part of the NCAA anymore at some point. Yeah. Three, four years. Or a completely modified NCAA. Yeah. yeah. And now you're only playing your own teams because now you have 20, 24 team conferences. Maybe you're playing 10, 11 games of just Big Ten. Maybe you get one crossover game. Like I would love to have Nebraska, Oklahoma be some crossover annual rivalry game played outside of the conference. Like that would be wonderful. But the point is for these billion dollar TV contracts, they're eventually just not going to want to see Nebraska playing McNeese anymore, not seeing Michigan playing. Yep playing Bowling Green and all that. So that's what's, I think that's what's going to happen. So there was all this chatter on, on Twitter the other day about Matt Rule's comments about not wanting to schedule those teams. I think it's all a moot point because we've got our schedules out to 2020, 2032. Contracts can be broken, but does anyone think that this system is going to be in place by 2032 anyways? <laughs> it's it's no, such a moot it might point. Not even, it might not even be laughable. in place by might not even be in place by 2026 hockey so i mean that's well just the discussion today that they're already talking about modifying the 12 team playoff to a and we haven't even played they're talking about 14 and we still have a tv contract signed by espn who has been reporting (laughs) self-reporting themselves as winning this contract for months now (laughs) so we 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 don't we haven't even played the 12 team playoff and they're already talking about a 14 team playoff like this is just getting to be. I always complain about dumb. football not being forward thinking, so at least they're getting well, ahead of the curve here a little bit in the weirdest way good. possible. Well, the NFL has fourteen like teams in their yeah. playoff now, so why don't we just do that? Let, let's be realistic too. I mean, I I feel for anyone right now. I feel for some of the power teams that could fall off the cliff. We're seeing Oregon State, and Washington State. I I yeah. legit feel for them. But producer Skip, there, big Colorado State fan, group of five teams in FCS in the future. I almost look at that as one league. I mean, what's the difference between North Dakota State and Wyoming at some point? I think those teams could sure. probably join together. But the reality is, is are those teams even going to have access, not to playoffs, are they going to have access to even play playoffs. those money games against Nebraska, against Michigan, yeah. against yeah, Ohio yeah. State? Because it if you're not in their financial dynamic, yeah. Yeah, if you're not in one of those top 50 teams in those, I think the Big 12 is going to make it. They're proving to be the league that's going to be the, they're going to get the, the rejects that aren't going to the Big Ten and the SEC. Anybody that's in the Big Ten or Big 12 at any moment would leave in a heartbeat if the Big Ten or the SEC came to them. Mm-hmm. But I think the Big 12 is really important because it's kind of the league that's going to – it's staying alive by just taking anybody that is, is falling off. And Which so, is incredible considering how many times the Big 12 just oh, – I know. What, I thought it was dead. I, I thought it was the surviving league out of any of this. You know. Yep. Thought it was dead ten times, yeah, and it yeah. it it did the smart thing where, where you guys mentioned earlier the Pac-12 in some weird way kind of deserves this. They fought all this expansion for all those years. It's killed them now, 
Whereas the Big 12, it's like, why are you taking West Virginia? Why are you doing this? Good on them. That's what's kept yep. them relevant. And now they're, I mean, they're a legit conference. And and not just in football. I think, you know, they're basketball-wise. Basketball, I mean, they're very good. Yeah, so they've done that by continuing to grow, even when sometimes we're like, why are they taking that team or that team? Well, they're positioning themselves now to get North Carolina State, to get Virginia Tech, to get those teams that from the ACC that, um, if they don't end up going to one of the, the two big ones, they'll they'll go to the Big 12. Yep. Yeah. So, Boomer, let's wrap this up a little bit with this uh, scheduling philosophy and, and what Matt Rule was talking about. Um, to Hockey's point, I mean, we have our non-con supposedly figured out, right? We have right. Tennessee on that non-con, Oklahoma, Cincinnati. Arizona, um, Arizona, Oklahoma, Arizona. Yeah, exactly. Even Oklahoma, even Oklahoma State, all the way in like 2035. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I digress. Continue. So, so let's let let no. I mean, maybe keep it simple. Let, let uh, worst case scenario and best case scenario, in your opinions, on how this all plays out from a a non conference scheduling standpoint for Nebraska. Well, I guess you know. The, it's been a big, you know, heated thing on Twitter, you know, in various places the last couple of days. It, it really depends how you look at it and what we're really going to do with this and what what you read into to rules comments. Now, the question is, are we going to just stick with what we have? And he's talking, you know, past 2035 or whatever. This is how I would schedule mm-hmm. and not playing those games anymore. Or do we really think we're going to get out of these contracts and maybe that's you know i don't know is this just nebraska thinking this or is there more behind the scenes that other schools are gonna look to get out of these contracts or everyone's just gonna casually kind of let them drop i don't know so that's that's a big question that has to be asked first you know is is this just gonna talk is this something long-term he's thinking past this era or is this kind of a something everybody's gonna do um i guess my you know from different perspectives from a fan you know i I mean, personally, just as a football fan, I would hate to see schools just do this regularly. I, I don't want to see games played against, you know, three bad teams. I mean, essentially, yeah, that's what it is. Right. You're, you're yeah. playing bad opponents. And, you know, I, one of the pe- people on Twitter say, you know, you're, you want to buy easy wins and have warm-up games. Do you really want that? Yeah. I mean, especially three of them. And like you said, do, our, do the TV people that are showing up money want yeah. this? I, mean, I don't think they do. And I, yeah. I think that's probably what's going to put pressure on this not to happen, at least in the long run, is especially with how this would be scheduled. Because, you know, what people complain about a lot of times is, oh, we don't want to start the season with conference games because that's that makes it hard. OK, so if everybody goes to this kind of scheduling model, is the first month of college football going to be just complete mismatches between these power five blue blood type programs playing crap for a, bit, essentially yeah. a month to start yeah. the season? Yeah, well, that's not a good TV product, and they're not going to want that. No, and and that's a challenge. But I do understand a little bit from you know the people that are saying, well, this makes it easier to get into the playoff type thing with the expanded playoff and whatnot. Uh, But I'm not sure it does. You know, I thought about that. You know, people point to Michigan this year as an example of you know, oh, they they played a soft schedule and look where it got them, and they did. They also went undefeated in a Big Ten, and everything else kind of played out well for them. You know, just the way the teams that lost. Yeah, everybody at the end there are supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. But I, I think of how, you know, the non-con scheduling worked for other teams this year. Um, you know, Texas, if they hadn't scheduled Oklahoma, say they played Tulsa instead of you mean Alabama. Alabama this year. Excuse me, Alabama. Do you think they would have made the playoffs? I don't think yeah. they would have. 
Well, it was the fact that it's the fact they won that game, and it's the fact that they beat Alabama on the road, which got them in there. It had a lot of Georgia this year. I mean, Georgia's a good team, but this was probably their worst non-con schedule they've played in years. Because I thought about it, you know, because, you know, one of the reasons people give for we should play a softer non-con schedule, we play nine conference games, which the SEC doesn't, which is fair. They're about to. Then I think about Georgia, like the last couple seasons, this year is is an exception. But think of their last couple seasons. What non-con schedule do they play? Yeah, they play an FCS crap team. They'll play some other non-con, you know, terrible team. But they also play like Georgia Tech and Oregon. One, one yeah, year. They, they have the one Georgia early non-con good game, yeah, and they always play Georgia two Tech. Power five non-con but, games. But Boomer, I, FCS and a late crap game. I'll just, schedule. I get. That. I mean, Boomer, the team yeah. that went undefeated and didn't make the playoff this year, Florida yeah. State, scheduled LSU and Florida in their non-con in addition to eight teams. Right. And so the point is. The college football playoff committee just told you last year, I don't care what you, and I don't care what Florida and LSU did, by the way, that's an, that's a moot point to me. I'm talking about scheduling. They scheduled two sec teams there that won national championships, you know, over the last 25 years, let's just, just put it that way or 15 years, 20 years, whatever. And, and they didn't get in and here's Michigan scheduling the way they did. And they did. I get it. I get all the fans that are, I, I would prefer to see my preferences. I want to see good games over bad games. That's what I want to see. And they will always figure out a scheduling way that you, you play one of those FCS teams in November, you you mix it all up. So you're never going to have a weekend where it's all bad games. There's always some good team playing some good team. But but with that said, I just don't think this is going to happen. What, it, the last time that Nebraska had a chance to play Oklahoma in a home and away, you go back to Black Friday of 2021, someday in March, where where it, it, it the rumors got out that we weren't going to play oh Oklahoma. God. And Bill Moose is out on his four-wheeler somewhere in Washington. And that was around for about three hours, and Nebraska fans lost their minds. Do I think that we're going to cancel our series with Oklahoma? No, but that game's also in 2030 and 2031 or whatever, and I don't think the system's going to be there. This is yeah. – it, 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 it's trying to have yeah. some it, – it, it's having multiple conversations. I don't think to, – yeah. to your point, Gabe, with rule – I don't think we're going to do anything with the next year with Colorado. Obviously that's not going to happen. The two years after that, I don't even know who the team uh, we play Cincinnati one year. I don't think we're, I don't think we're going to touch that immediate schedule. And then within three or four years, I think this is going to kind of take care of itself because, because college football is going to change. Yeah. 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 And and so to your, to your point there, I mean, like if we're really looking forward to, to, we're not looking forward to, but looking at this as, as in the future, you know, TV product to Boomer's point of like, why, why have McNeese state or any of those type of things? I mean, like, I mean, like I, I you could potentially see where at least you have one preseason game, right? It, literally just call it a preseason game and have it be a money game. And you have some random team come up and play Nebraska. It's not even a, doesn't matter. Right. Like it, it, you can play the game and you're expecting to win, but it's not going to impact the actual win loss record. Just call it what it is. And that gives that that program some money and allows a, a the power three teams to warm up, and then you just have you have one or two non cons against your other power three teams. We play one Big Twelve team and one SEC team every year, and we have ten Big yep. Ten teams. And right, I mean, I, I guess what I'm trying to get there is that we could completely reimagine scheduling, right? And yep. it would produce better content, better weeks of football. 
and you could yeah. still accommodate a, and some, a buy game essentially of some sort. Some right? kind of consistency behind it too, because that's been our biggest argument yeah. over the last ten years of a playoff era. Is for goodness sakes, yeah, eight team conference schedules versus nine team ones, and then some teams go out and schedule mm-hmm. two. You know, Oregon's had years where they've had two P five non conference teams on top of nine game schedules. They'll play eleven P five teams in one year. Yeah, and then you have some. We've had you know some of the Mississippi schools sometimes have had zero. P5 non-conference yeah. games, they're only playing eight. And yeah. so that kind of inconsistency is what really has to go away. That's where I, I knock the NFL for a number of things, but NFL at least has it down pat with how they have rules. This is they they have divisions. This is how we schedule. This is how you're going to do it. And that none of that yeah. is in place with college. And from a, a product standpoint, again, why why wouldn't we actually hold off on announcing our schedules until like the year before, right? NFL makes the unveiling of their schedule a huge deal. And you're like, oh my God, we're going to play <laughs> them on that date, right? I mean, could you imagine if you don't know if you're going to play Oklahoma or Tennessee or or whatever in, in your one non-con SEC game that you know you're going to have to play one SEC game? Uh, I'll tell you. And you know they're I'll coming to, to Lincoln this year and you're like, oh, who's it going to be, right? You know? Dave, if if they could, if, if if it made sense for some schools, I'm not saying every school, but if it made sense where Nebraska could have an Oklahoma annual rivalry come out of all of this, when you think of like all the terrible things, how college football has destroyed itself, all the traditionalists that could you imagine if, if the thing, one of the things that came out of this was Nebraska playing Oklahoma annually again, like, sure. like the, the traditionalists would come out and be like, Oh, thank God. Even though we're in this, it all worked different. out in the end. Yeah, it finally worked out, right? You know, Oklahoma <laughs> could, if they have to play one Big Twelve and one Big Ten team, they play Oklahoma State and they play us, right? And and Oklahoma can keep up a couple of rivalries while they're in the SEC now. I mean, I don't know how this is all going to play out, but I just the overreaction. I think to people thinking that, oh my God, we're going to pull out of all these non-conference games. I just don't see it. We the next couple of years are going to happen, and really by the time we get to Oklahoma. I mean, if we tried to pull out of Oklahoma, the fans would would react the same way they did right back in twenty twenty one. And I don't think it, I don't think that's going to be a problem because by the time we get to Oklahoma, I don't think that the schedules are going to be the way they are anyways. Yeah. There's and too I, much change. And in the twenty four hours, in the twenty four hours since all that craziness on Twitter came out, we now have a fourteen team playoff being talked about. I mean, this is how quickly these things are changing. Like way to day and the whole everything else is going to be different. Had a very so, productive yeah. meeting hockey and i, I think that <laughs> what the playoff does with those at-large bids will really kind of dictate how people are going to schedule going forward are they going to look for just the the team to just have a lot of wins and give them those spots or are they going to seriously reward teams that do schedule a little tougher boomer they're going to look at the net ranking obviously. right or there'll be a college football <laughs> net ranking of the, oh well you go to the honk palm in that case but yeah. <laughs> but, i mean what people are talking about i mean because when you talk about non-con scheduling in the playoffs because you think okay there's five guaranteed slots so if you win a bit if you're in a major conference and you win the conference you're in non-con games don't matter so when you're talking non-con you're arguing who's positioning themselves for one of those seven remaining slots is what you're arguing yeah, about at this point. That's right. So what positions you best for that? Is it wins against cupcakes or is it playing a good schedule? And I Schedu- scheduling, scheduling such a, a weird talk and it is a weird talk, we, but we it, don't it have does to get, have bearing in NFL. Season. NFL doesn't care when they get to their playoffs. They don't care that you played in a division. That was a bunch of I, like my issue with the NFL is some team that has a losing record wins a really bad division. And all of a sudden gets a home game against a team that has a better record, maybe beat them in conference, played a tough division. But the right. NFL doesn't care. 
Only in college football do we care. Or then we also start to change the rules. Florida State, to your point, doesn't get in. Well, they scheduled really hard. They scheduled Florida and LSU. Well, Florida wasn't very good this year. Oh, well, now, now you're not only responsible for scheduling strong, but you're responsible for the teams that you scheduled also being good at the same time. Right. I mean, well, it's a team you me a, years in advance too. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just gets to be, it gets to be too much. And this system is, I think it's going to actually clear itself up. Th- this is the positive part of, of me here. I actually think there's going to be something. This is getting so ridiculous that it's going to lead, right? Yeah. It's going to lead to some kind of consistency and something where it's going to be a big different change. We're going to move out of the system we're in right now. Cause this is so bad. I think you're, you're going to get some, regulation around nil and transfer portal with the two i think it has to get really bad before it gets good but but what's going to come out of this is i can't see any way with the money and the tv games that people are going to want to watch they're not going to want to watch nebraska playing mcneese state and that's that brings the whole conversation back to boomer you and i being on the same page about we're not going to see those games because i don't think it's even really going to be available unless we do what dave is saying where maybe they build in a game like that they do uh, they do something like that, but short of that, I mean, I think this is a very temporary Let's problem. Let's play McNeese on August twenty fourth <laughs> in, in week negative zero. I've heard people. Yeah, I've heard tough. people. People make the the reference that they should do that in spring. Nebraska should sure. play McNeese State yeah, the way that volleyball that volleyball has a non you know a game against Kansas State in in April. Why can't we do that in football? I I don't know what all the rules and everything would have to be around that, but sure. I mean. I just, it's going to be a different system. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And you're right. And, and my, I guess my modest proposal is people who are just want us to see us win games and find the easiest path to the playoff. If that's what you really think we should do, you should advocate for us to drop the big 10 and join the Mac of the AAC because we could dominate We're those dominant. conferences every year. And there's going to be a fifth team. That's not a power five school getting into the playoffs. There you go. If that's what uh-huh. you want, there's your easiest path to the playoff every year. Cause Nebraska if you want to get to the play. God damn you, most of those years are at least it, highly ranked. It, and would win if you want to get to the playoff, yep. Matt Rule, keep them around. Let's let's have some consistency. Let's play good football. We've just we can't talk about being in bad, you know, going to some bad conference. We were just in the Big Ten West for the last oh, ten yeah. years, and we haven't had any success. So I don't think it. We've got to get good. Not worry about even what what sure. the schedule looks like. Just get good. Beat the teams. Yeah. Beat that the teams help. on yeah. your schedule, yeah. and I think yeah. we'll be fine. All right, guys. Well, this is we could talk for for hours on this. We might actually, when the show ends, continue to talk for hours. Um, <laughs> but uh, let's let's wrap up uh, the show here with some parting shots. And um, Rob, I've not heard from you in a while, so I'm going to throw it to Redcast Rob. Well, first, I enjoyed the little yeah. banter there between Honky and Boomer, though. Didn't I was you, just I was just listening. It was a it, it was, was great. Good, that's that's great material. That was robust so podcasting right there. And, well, I was hoping to to congratulate uh, producer Skip on a really nice win at the pit in New Mexico tonight against the Lobos for his CSU Rams, but Rams. they lost by two. Oh, and, um, yeah they would they, they had a shot at the end with about three seconds left to to do that. that's what Mountain I was Washington's I was probably watching. Five, so, maybe six teams in though. Sorry, sorry, Skip. I I was pulling for you, man. I've kind of become like a uh, uh, Rams fan by proxy because of Skip. We we often will text because I'll are. watch I'll watch the games and him and I are texting back and forth about him and and all that. Um, I also uh, I God I, as far as parting shot go, I had one and then Honky and and uh, 
Boomer going back and forth like that and then doing Redcast taxes all day. It's just, oh my, I, my brain is fried. So good night, Redcasters. All right. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate it. Uh, Boomer. Well, uh, you know, we we, we had a lot of sports uh, earlier on this, you know, baseball, softball, basketball. Uh, don't forget Husker Bowling. They had a pretty good uh, pretty good weekend at the Midwinter Classic. Uh, that was a lot of good teams in that uh, in that bracket. And Nebraska pulled off some good wins and finished fifth, I think, finally in that. They had some wins over like Jacksonville State and Youngstown, highly ranked bowling teams this year. So it's mm-hmm. not just uh, not just those sports. So get a chance at those traditional ones and uh don't forget your Australian rules football season kicks off in about two weeks here. So get your team yeah. now. Mid midwinter classic. It feels like it's like already the late winter, right? We're well, it's it's weather, global warming, and all that. You know, we're spring, I guess. Uh, all right, get us out of here, honk. Rob, did you have something? You you I, I remembered what I wanted to say. And it, okay, oh, yeah, I just it. I wanted to give a big shout out to um uh fly like fly like Kai this weekend had a bowling tournament where they raised a bunch of money for foster children in the Lincoln area and um it was fully sponsored by Aloe Fiber, which is cool. great out there in Lincoln. And um I just want to give a shout out to to uh, Aloe as well. The marketing team reached out to me and um on Twitter of all things, and they were like, Hey. We saw you wanted a t-shirt from this event. What size can we send you? What's your address? And I was like, you know, you can find me on Teams. And you can just like, <laughs> shoot me a Teams message and send it to the 808 office here in Greeley. So um, they didn't realize that I was that part of the team. Did not realize I was part of the team. So it's a beautiful thing. I'll have the t-shirt and I'll be supporting that too. Because I'm, I'm so excited that uh, Aloe has actually got... We, Malachi is the only NIL deal that um, for... Uh, Husker football that Allo does um, for Malachi because uh, the fact that he gives all of his NIL money back to his charity, Charity. which is spends basically he takes all that money and pays for foster children to be able to participate in sports. So it's a, it's a beautiful thing. I love what Craig Miranda and Malachi are all doing over there for that in, in the community out there in Nebraska. So God bless them all. All right. Thanks, Rob. That's very good. I'm glad you remembered that. All right, Hawk. Now, take us out. Jeez, I might have forgot mine now. Um, <laughs> I want to say thank you to, to Redcast, Rob. I did my taxes tonight, but I needed uh, our Redcast taxes done first. And, Rob, you, you did that and sent those to me. So thank you very much. Uh, speaking of taxes, Nebraskans, make sure if, you, if you're a homeowner uh, that you are getting the property tax credit. It is not just part of you know the h and r or whatever you do you have to actually like fill out a separate form and there's a lot of people that are leaving money on the table and i just even thousands tonight, I of a, dollars I hear. thousands i just got a text we, from a buddy we of mine are that not was, certified accountants so you don't necessarily but, have to take our advice <laughs> but my buddy of mine just texted me at night and i was talking to him about it and he's like oh thanks man i we went back and we we had a couple years worth that we didn't get so make sure you go out and do that and as far as like uh, the weather we were just talking about and like, does it feel mid winter or whatever? Next Monday is going to be 74 degrees in Lincoln and Wednesday could be 34. And it just goes back to, um, this is a weird time of year. Weather-wise we shouldn't be playing baseball, but <laughs> that should be starting in a month. But, uh, a lot of stuff going on right now. Go big red. Let's get into the, the tournament and basketball. Let's, let's get healthy in softball. Let's get the baseball team, uh, uh, going there and support the Huskers GBR. Absolutely. 
uh, yeah, GBR is right. I mean, it's a, it's a good season right now. We have a lot of stuff starting up and uh, have some basketball. That hopefully, we'll have a lot to root for. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll have a show here, hopefully, in the next uh, week or two with more Husker victories on tap. Uh, for now, though, let's call that another Go Big Redcast. GBR. Go Big Red. Heard at Sports Network Production.